everyone, and welcome to The Point with me, your host, Jeff Spikes. I'm happy to be here. I am continue to be appreciative and enthusiastic about the comments and responses I'm seeing from a lot of the shorts that are out there. Uh, if you're watching this, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, hit, uh, please, you know, hit subscribe. If you are listening to this on Spotify or some others, like and share and all the things, rate and all the things you do. I'm coming near the end of a, of a long travel session and, um, I've been talking with a lot of people as I'm, as I'm out here in different engagements and speaking and, and working with clients. And, you know, this, what it felt really pertinent to talk about is about never giving up. And one of the, uh, one of the engagements I have right now is, is working on uh, mission, vision, values. And there's a part of it, one of it that says, don't give up, never, ever give up. And that's one of the mission. That's one of the values that we we're trying to build out and look at how that fits into the structure of this company. And, um, it's, it's brought up a lot of, it's brought up a lot of thoughts for me in how many ways and times that this feeling and the sensation of wanting to quit or give up can come into play because it's not just a defeatist feeling coming from struggles. It's actually a really common mode or feeling that we find or, or thought process that we go through. I almost consider it something energetic that happens when we're in the middle of the process of change. Um, Prochaska's change model is pretty clear that there is the, the more current, um, models that have been written and talked about there, that there's recycling that happens naturally, which in some level you could think of as, man, somebody gave up, right? They decided to go back to an old behavior. Uh, they, and they recycled back to it. But the value there in that model of, of the thought process of going back to an old behavior actually helps anchor and root change. So an example I like to, that I like to give, cause I've experienced it there has to do with sugar. I loved sugar as a kid. I ate so much sugar and, um, it was a relief to get large amounts of sugar for me. And I just loved it. So as I got older, I continued to not worry about what I ate or didn't eat with. There wasn't really any reason not to eat sugar. I mean, it was normal to drink sodas and do all these things. Well, as I was, as I was trying to live differently and be healthier, I started getting faced with the idea of how much sugar I drank or ate. And I started reducing that. Well, at one point I cut out sugar entirely because I, I, I got rid of all processed sugars. And then I decided to get rid of sugar entirely for a while, other than natural sugars and fruits and other things. But when, um, so I quit drinking sodas and doing all, and, and doing all that. And I'd go for a few months and I'd find myself all of a sudden wanting to drink a Dr. Pepper and I would. And I'd remember why I gave it up because I'd instantly feel that peak of energy and that drag of just, uh, the, uh, on the other end, or I'd feel the jitteriness of that sugar does for me. Um, and I would then remember why I stopped doing it. Well, then if I went back to the positive behavior and I feel great, I'd then remember why, you know, th- th- it anchors this reasoning for not doing it. And it actually helps us root the behavior into a new standard or way of being that is, that is more optimal for what we want. Now, why is that important? Why that is important for you is because if you were looking to be optimal, 
if you're looking to improve in areas, anchor the change, it, one of the things we look for is having a new standard. If it has to do with money in the bank, and if you're accustomed to having $100 in your pocket all the time, spending money, and all of a sudden you have none, none would feel uncomfortable. If you're used to having $10,000 in your bank account or $100,000 in your bank account, whatever the number is, if you're accustomed to having that, there's a number, everyone has a number of discomfort. If your number of discomfort, if you go below that, it urges action to get more money in the bank and increase the savings account back to that place of comfort. So the standard is that shift where we change from being comfortable to uncomfortable and we want to replenish. So one of the tricks to change, one of the things that we can do is raise our standards so that we are uncomfortable at a higher level of whatever that success is or at a, at a more optimal level of what we want. So any behavior works for this. Those were just examples. It's not all about sugar or money. And it's um, any type of behavior, any type of outcome that we want, that we want, we can end up using this model where we set a standard. So where this comes in as being important is that we end up developing a new standard. It's no longer okay for me. It's uncomfortable for me to eat a lot of sugar. I, I don't, I don't physically feel good. My legs, the, the way my legs feel gets, they get jittery and they change and um, my energy level changes and I, I hit these dips differently. So all that being said, the same thing could be with weight. I was accustomed to having wide waves of, and, and changes and shifts and what my weight would be. And it was acceptable to gain or lose 50 to 60 pounds in a year, both right over the course of years and even more. And as life went on that, that standard continued to grow, right. And grow and grow and grow so that I could, you know, and it, it kept going up. Well, as I changed my body type and my stuff and, and my metabolism, and I worked really diligently on changing how I eat, how I move my body, the, the training, the steps, all the things and my nutrition types of nutrition, all these things, as I, as I really honed that in and focused on that, it no longer became acceptable to have those broader swings and the high weight I would, was comfortable with was in significantly like a hundred pounds lower than it had become. So it was no longer acceptable for me to go over a certain weight. Well, I changed that standard by how I was thinking and based on what I chose to allow based on my level of comfort. So one of the other things that we can look at at doing that is look at the different buckets of our lives, look at the areas of our life. Maybe it's family, business, maybe it's physical, mental, financial. We just look at all that. However you determine and think about your life in the varying places and ways that you would separate it. Um, if you're, especially in dreaming, if you're, if you're dreaming and goal setting, you might set financial goals or wealth goals 
you might set family goals for, um, or your physical goals for your, your body, mental goals for what, you know, you know, that might be, have to do with continuing education, might have to do with emotional wellness. All of these areas can, are different buckets. And what we, one of the things that we do is that we raise the bar and make ourselves optimal. And we get it once we get ourselves to this optimal place and we relax, we let them relax and then continue raising them up. And then it's easier to raise our standards as we see fit based on what we really want. So that is a different type of expenditure of energy, thought, emotion, and everything than it is to let something fall all the way to the ground to where we've just got to completely recover it. Like I used to with weight or nutrition and then have to put all my energy into bringing that up in those, in those aspects, it was this constant ebb and flow of just not worrying about it. And then that's all I worry about. And the idea was that then I believed that something had to fall. I couldn't focus on spirituality and, and keep my food right. I couldn't focus on family and keep spirituality. I couldn't, or whatever, you know, I couldn't focus on business. If I'm pushing forward in business, man, other things suffer. So the idea that that's just not how it has to be. There's no need for us to continue in that thought process. So if you're thinking that you can't do all the things and that if you focus really diligently on one thing because you want to perfect it, you want to get it just so dialed in that you want to do the best you can with it. If you are thinking and you're choosing to believe that if you focus on that one thing, that other things are going to have to suffer, it doesn't have to be that way. Not giving up is important to this, right? So we think about what does not giving up look like? Never, ever give up. When we set a goal, we, we set out to do it. In this case, it was about serving customers. And in the, in the value statement I'm talking about, it was about deciding we're going to be work for a customer and focusing on the goals that the customer has and not giving up until we hit the goal, finding what needs to be found and doing the work that needs to work to uncover everything that needs to be uncovered to help that goal be realized. Well, that's very, that's realistic in that setting and, ba and based on what that company's working on. Well, for ourselves, it can work the same and it is the same because we set a goal for ourselves and it's what can we do to uncover that? What needs to be done to make that happen? And we, no matter what barrier we hit, no matter what seems or looks like a roadblock, we can always reassess, look at the facts, look in the mirror at our own behavior, see what was working and what was not working, pull whatever lessons we can out of anything that wasn't working and that was uncomfortable, and then refocus our energies in a way that we think is going to work. And through that, we try different things that we either hear about or that we know about, and we just keep going until we win. That's never giving up. Here's the other side to it that really had me thinking about what I wanted to talk about today. And that's that in every cycle of change, we talked about the recycling, but 
in every coaching engagement I've ever set with somebody as a coach, I always, I always, I always pre, I always presuppose or discuss or introduce two concepts um, in the very beginning. And one is at some point you're going to be so excited that you're going to want to refer. You're going to want to tell everybody about what an amazing thing is happening for you, how great you feel, these awarenesses, the actions that are coming out of these awarenesses, the motivation you feel. And sometimes there's going to be catapulted cluster change growth where one thing gets changed and it affects so many things that there's just this amazing new energy that you feel. And you're going to want to tell everyone about it. So I warned you, let's, let's, let me help you understand how to talk about this and how to tell people what's happening for you and what energy you're taking. Because the truth is, it's always the client doing the work. You can point the finger at the coach or the book they, that we read or the expert that shared information. But at the end of the day, if you're making changes in your life, you're the one doing the work. So we, we talk about that up front. Let's talk about how you can share this with others in a way that gives due respect and everything else to where you're finding information that's making a difference for you, but really also helps you take a position of ownership that here's what I've been able to do in order to deliver this change into my life and feel the way I'm feeling. Now, the other side to this, right, that, that's when it's easy to change and easy to do things when everything feels so good. But the other thing that happens in a coaching engagement is that at some point, every client that, you know, that, and, and this doesn't have to happen for everyone, but it's common. Me as a client, it's happened. There's a point where we hit a lull and it's almost like we, I, I, I've wanted to look back and go, I don't even know what's been helping me. I've done that in educational environments. I've done that in therapy environments. I've done that in coaching environments. And I've had clients and friends do the same. We hit a point where it's like, I don't even know if this is worth it. I don't even know what we've gained. I'm not sure what's happened. Um, it's one of the reasons why, why if you hire a coach, oftentimes you're, you're buying into a program that's for a corporate, for a period of time. Most coaches won't work for a, an hourly rate because you're the expert. And at the point that you hit that spot where you don't want to do it anymore, it's not helping you. It's not giving, it's not doing service to you to not have seen that coming and set the time frame of the change longer so that you can be helped through that. And then of course, and most coaches will share that, Hey, this could happen. doesn't have to, but this could happen. And when it does, we're going to talk about it and we're going to help you move through that because there's this point of change. And if you think about how things happen in the world anyway, Many things have this massive growth phase. If you even think about stocks, there's this growth phase and then there's a retracement and then there's a growth phase and a retracement. And those retracements are sometimes bigger or sometimes smaller. And there's a lot of environmental effects as to why that is. But having something kind of fall back is not uncommon. The learning curve of many things actually follows that path where you learn a whole lot and then you seem to forget some or it gets confusing. I, I used to say I am great the first or second time I do something, but either the second or third time I, it's like, I forgot everything I ever knew. So 
But the first time I do something, I've, I'm so intent on everything I've learned to do that. Skydiving was like that. The first time I went skydiving, I, there, I didn't feel any fear. I was excited. I, and I was totally in tune with all the instructions that I've been given. The second time I went up though, I thought, well, now I've already done this. Do I really want to do this again? And that initial excitement had worn off and I was worried about all the things that, you know, could go wrong. And I, I just, it was a different experience. So it's not uncommon to have learned a lot and done really well and then move in the other direction a little bit. Again, accepting that and moving through that is not giving up. It's giving ourselves a rest. It's grace. It's breath. It's self-love. It is self-acceptance. It's compa- self-compassion. It's understanding. It's allowing ourselves to be human. And it's kind of a beautiful experience to rest along the way. So in the concept or thought of never, ever give up, I thought it would be interesting just to share because it's been so prominent in my travels in the last three, four weeks to share these ideas of how that can feel and how if we're aware of how these things can feel, we can just take a time to give ourselves a rest. There's moments in life where a lot of things are happening and I've learned one of the triggers, if there's a whole lot of change happening and maybe somebody, you know, maybe I'm going through a move or I'm starting a new program in my company, or I'm some launching something or something that takes a lot of energy. And if I'm going through that, I'll kind of know, okay, if I start having a lot of feelings and I'm up kind of feeling all through the air and feeling uneasy because I know that there's all this change going on, maybe I've made a nutritional change. And so for three or four days, I might be uncomfortable. Um, either because I'm adding in something or I'm taking something out. Then I just have learned during those times to give myself that memory, that re- that reminder that, okay, if I don't feel great or I'm feeling uncomfortable, the thing to do is just to fly low, just stay easy going and just move easy, move calm and breathe and don't expect much other than to get through the day in a positive way and do the next best thing that is, that I'm meant to do. If I've done the planning, if I've created the clear picture of where I'm going and I'm doing all of the daily behaviors and actions to get there, and I'm living in a world where consistency matters most, then it is going to work. And I can give myself that break. If I'm running on full speed ahead and I haven't done the planning and I haven't done the visioning, then something falls apart and I'm a wreck. And maybe that's more appropriate in that moment because I haven't created that bigger picture. So the number that's, that brings me to the final probably part of this is that in the changes in the stages of change models that I've studied. They're the most common thing talked about that's myth in somebody trying to go out to change it and just thinking, I want to change this. I'm going to go do it is that we move from this contemplative, 
contemplative place of wanting to change. And we move from that into action and we skip the planning stage. And in the planning stage, we create the vision of what it's going to look like when we succeed. It's going it, to, we, we create and gain an understanding of what it's going to feel like once we've achieved what we want to achieve and even beyond that, what it's going to feel like. And that could, depending on what we're trying to change, that could be a lot of things. We might feel differently. We might have different sets of problems throughout the day. You know, when, when certain things change, the types of daily opportunities and challenges can change as well. So thinking through that, you ever hear the saying, be careful what you pray for, or don't be careful what you wish for, whatever, because, um, if we think we want something and then we get there and we realize, man, I don't want this. Sometimes that's because the set of problems that, that it is that we have in that place aren't the kind of problems we want to have in our life or they're not the type of opportunities we want to have in our life. So it might sound or look really good to become a, in a to have a certain career, but in that career, Oh, I didn't know that I'd have to deal with all these things. So just be, just be aware planning, making sure we're stopping and planning can help support us from having less challenges and opportunities with even wanting to give up. So, Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. It's phenomenal to um, be able to continue doing this. We're, we're uh, I, I'm, I'm blown away by how many episodes we've gotten out already, and I look forward to more. So um, keep the comments coming in. Keep the feedback. Keep the uh, questions and the requests for different topics to be talked to be covered, and we'll get there. If you are looking to want to be on a podcast and have something fun and collaborative going on, let me know. I'm, st I'm looking at open, opening this up to having guests on occasion. And I've, um, got a couple of plans so far that are, think are going to be wonderful surprises. And, uh, if, you know, if you have the inclination to want to do that, give me a shout and we can talk about that as well. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of the point with me, Jeff spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Make sure to tag me. I love hearing from you, the listeners of this show. The links for all my social and iTunes are in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to engage with me in anything related to my coaching, consulting, speaking, or programs, please visit jeffspikes.com for everything you would need to know to engage with me offline. And lastly, thank you for your time, your attention, and your consideration. This is The Point.